sport is helter-skelter. It's a fast part of what happens and they don't have time to do research and solve complex problems. They don't have time to build evidence to support their decision-making. Whereas academics or researchers, we're a bit more deliberate, a bit more slow, planned out and considered. What we do in our school now is we act as the slow, the almost like the conscience for a fast working part of sport. Talking Health, a podcast where we explore the big health issues facing our communities. On this podcast, you'll hear from some of the world's leading health researchers, community organisations, and people with lived experiences about the advancements we're making in health to transform the well-being of our communities at each stage of life. I'm Professor Deborah Anderson, the Dean of Health at the University of Technology, Sydney, and the founder and director of the Women's Wellness Research Collaborative. I've spent my career dedicated to supporting people and particularly women after cancer to implement sustained lifestyle changes to get the most out of life. Today on the podcast, I'm joined by distinguished professor Aaron Coots, the head of School of Sport Exercise and Rehabilitation at the University of Technology, Sydney in Australia. Aaron has been with UTS, as we call it, for 20 years and has been instrumental in shaping the School of Sport, Exercise and Rehabilitation. He was one of the first to complete his PhD embedded within the industry. This is now best practice within the school and it plays a big part in why our research is world renowned and our researchers are sought after by sporting clubs and athletes across the globe. Welcome, Aaron. Thank you for being my guest on Talking Health today. Uh, good day, Deb, and um, thanks for the invitation. It's always great to talk about our work here at, we do at UTS. Fantastic. First of all, Aaron, as a young graduate, you had a dream to work in professional sport. Can you tell us a little bit about how that dream has helped inspire you to where you are today? I suppose early on, like everybody, I grew up in the country and sport was central to our community, our family. It was the most important thing in my life growing up, really. And so when I went to university, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And then I... um did a degree in what they called human movement studies and I saw this science that I was learning I never thought once about a career until I did my internship at the uh, Brisbane Bears which is an Australian football league team Brisbane Lions and I, I saw that professional practice wasn't necessarily matching what I was learning at university I was learning all these cool sciences physiology biochemistry biomechanics uh, psychology, sociology, all these things that we were learning and I didn't necessarily think about seeing those applied in practice. So I suppose the next few years I went about doing my own research, initially a master's and, and then ultimately a PhD embedded in the organisations. Now the goal for me at that time was become employed by the sports organisation to, to run the program and to, to apply this science. Um, so we we're fortunate enough to have these sporting clubs that had a lot of resources in terms of physical resources, they had human resources and they had problems, but they didn't have time. And in terms of research, as we know, takes time, it's considered and it's deliberate. And if you think of Daniel Kahneman's Thinking Fast, Thinking Slow book, I use that as an analogy of how we work with sport. Sport is helter-skelter, it's the fast, it's a fast part of what happens and they don't have time to do research and solve complex problems. They use heuristics to make decisions. They don't have time to build evidence to support their decision-making. Whereas academics or researchers, we're a bit more deliberate, a bit more slow, planned out and considered. And so that's basically what I did in my PhD and ultimately what we do in our school now is we act as the slow, the almost like the conscience for a fast working part of sport. And this can be applied to all industries, I think this analogy, where we can do the deliberate research, solve their problems using their resources, 
and then you produce research with impact. So that's how I came about to working in sport and what ultimately resulted. By no means was that deliberate or pre-planned. It happened by accident, I suppose. And I suppose looking back, it's always a lot clearer the story than what happened for a start. But now, as you said, we have many, many PhDs embedded in sport and we're known for sport within our school. And we've been lucky enough using this approach that we produce graduates that are ready to work in sport. And we have some great success stories of people and our leaders in large organisations all around the world as a result of developing the ability to create evidence-based practice but apply that in a culturally appropriate or an appropriate way within an organisation and industry. So that's the model we've used. That's how we got there. That, that's the background. Thanks, Aaron. So country boy to distinguished professor in Sydney. That's yes. a, a great journey. What would you say to your young self there? I'm a bit uncomfortable for total distinguished. For a country boy, distinguished doesn't go that well for me. But it's a nice title to have. And I, was there, but I, was, I was chuffed to get it. So advice to my younger self on that journey is um, back yourself. There's a lot of times during the journey, in particular, I did my PhD at a regional university and before I moved to UTS. And I was very unsure whether my training had me ready for the big smoke. Because I thought in the big smoke, it would be so much more sophisticated. But what I learned is that no, we, it doesn't, success is not location specific. It's about your attitude and your work ethic. And so I'd say follow that inquisitive nature. Try to solve problems that are real. Like You can solve problems, but we need to find the real problems first. So it goes around asking the right questions. And I think what we do in our field, at least, is by partnering with the industry is how we work. Is That's why we found the important problems, the ones that make a difference. And some of those questions around developing new methods some of them about control trials and laboratory but some of the problems we see in industry we bring back into lab others we solve it in situ and i think the advice to myself is work hard and learn good method research method always pays right because you can then answer the question as best you possibly can so research method and statistics was never that sexy for me as an undergraduate student but probably now now if i'm much more important the longer i go it go at work yeah, look, I couldn't agree more. It wasn't a, a great subject for me too in undergrad, but boy, do I use it now as a researcher. So you're talking about, you know, this um, embedding the PhDs within the industry. And obviously, you know, 20 years ago, that was, wasn't done, but you had that model and it worked for you. So there's no doubt then you're talking about this model of embedding students and research within industry has really benefited both the students and the clubs and organisations we're working with. Can you tell us a little bit more about some of the working relationships you and the team have across the industry and some yeah. of the projects you're currently working on? Over the last probably couple of decades, we've done many, many projects. We've had relationships with, you know, in particular in Sydney, over two decades for Sydney Swans, where basically um, a number of staff in our school have created projects that ultimately have solved their problems, some around performance analysis, some around injury prevention, it's just about the data they have, I suppose, and how to use that effectively. And most of their staff have come through our program. That's one example. And myself, I've worked in, in the AFL, in several AFL clubs, and I think at Carlton Football Club, we put four, four or five PhDs through UTS, solving things for a start around body composition, optimising body composition to performance analysis, understanding values of players, um, using their data to, to develop a system to value players and understand their career trajectories to help them in decisions around trading, 
athlete monitoring. So understanding health and wellness of players and how to make what are good measures and valid measures and how to use that to keep their player ready to perform and free of injury. And we've used a lot around understanding performance as well. So measuring performance. That's an example of Colton Football Club. We've done many in other sports. We've had partnerships with the Australian Institute of Sport or New South Wales Institute of Sport where we've looked at methods. One PhD recently was looking at the combining training in the heat but also using altitude together to prepare Olympic athletes for the Olympics. So how to promote or augment their physiology so they can improve better in performance. And sometimes we learn some of these things don't work. Um, but that, that's some examples. And we have industry partnerships, a really significant one at the moment. We have with Oklahoma City Thunder in the NBA in the USA. And they come to Sydney, to UTS, to partner with us. And we have a, a couple of PhD students now through the OKC. But we also have an enterprise learning arrangement where some of the information we learn, we create curricula for them that goes back to their coaches and their staff. So we feed the information we develop in our research back into an education program for their staff. And that way, the legacy of the research feeds back into their professional practice and they use that ongoing. So anyone who comes to the OKC does a UTS enterprise learning package we co-design, use some of their information, some of our research information and to prepare um, their staff. The staff come and go, but what they, they want to lose the IP that they've, they've paid and they've developed over time. So there are a couple of examples. We are moving, mostly we've done through professional sports in Australia, but now globally we've, we've got partnerships in all sorts. Of, we, we partner with the Arsenal Football Club in the UK for research, mostly around injury prevention at the moment, um, and decision-making in sport. We partner with the Juventus Football Club around training load management in their academies, their elite youth players. And we've just submitted that PhD recently. It's probably 30, 30 or 40 PhDs that we've done through our school um, where we've gone to the industry, found their problems, used their data and prospectively sort of developed methods. And that's a legacy for the organisations. They get the information, they get the IP, they get it in their way as well. And they also get staff that are trained, future staff that are trained in great research method um, and skill, but also ready to work in the field as well. So that then provides an ongoing legacy of collaboration because our students get employed in industry, can come back and partner with UTS. And that's kind of the model that we've used. And I suppose most of the projects have some legacy. If it's not research sort of new information, it's new staff. Sometimes the research doesn't change a lot of things, but the staff do. And I suppose that's a value add of the approach that we've used. And that's come out of necessity. When I first came to UTS, we were at a different campus. We don't have the magnificent facilities we have now. Like we have truly world-class facilities at Moore Park. We're very, very lucky. Um, you know, our laboratories you know, amongst world-leading, great facility, great location. But when I first came to UTS in 2002, we were in a different faculty where sport and exercise wasn't a focus. We didn't have facilities that were up to standard what we need to do world standard research and that's why we partnered what we needed to go and use it. and that was I suppose problem solving at the time and at the time that wasn't the thing that was done but we found a way to make it effective and now it's become broader now we're broadening away from that a little bit now we're getting more broader in some of the research we do but it's definitely been a backbone of, of what we've done within the school of sport exercise and rehab. I've actually had the opportunity to visit the school myself and uh, there were firefighters who were there and some research that you were conducting there can you tell us more about that? When we call athletes, athletes from Asterix, everybody's an athlete, right? And we have industrial athletes. So it's just a level of performance, right? Human performance goes across the spectrum from low performance to high performance. And I have focused on the high performance ones at the moment because they're, they're probably more high profile. But definitely Hugh Fulliger, one of the staff in our school, has a great relationship with Fire and Rescue New South Wales um, and is expanding that to a global network now. Looking at the performance standards required 
of firefighters um, and of climate change, there's going to be, unfortunately, more and more need to have firefighters and rescue you know, first responders are becoming increased demand. So we, we partner with them to understand their capacities first and what they need to be effective in their work. Um, but we're expanding that, you know, to like, optimising some of the methods they do and understanding the cost of, of the work that they do do. They work in very stressful, thermally stressful conditions as well as psychologically stressful conditions. And we're trying to better understand and optimise the way in which they work. So yeah, so when we use athletes, we also do industrial athletes as well. And we expand work as well we do with the military. We're looking at how groups will work together under stress in the military. Can't talk a lot about that work, but that's you know, we've got projects that are going on across the whole spectrum of human performance. And, and I suppose industrial athletes are one of those cohorts that we focus on in our school. Aaron, while the school's well known across the industry for excellence in the health and wellbeing of athletes, there's also leading researchers within the school focusing on using physical activity in the community to implement long-term lifestyle changes for people with type 2 diabetes, cancer and other chronic illnesses. Can you tell us a little bit about the research happening in this space? Yeah, yeah we've got work, uh, in particular, Associate Professor Christina Cappuccioni um, works. And she, we recruited her deliberately to develop this physical activity and health program within our school. She's known for doing community interventions and looking at, you know, how to increase the physical activity levels or at least stop the decrease in physical activity levels that's occurring globally. Low movement, we all know, you know, movement is medicine, exercise is medicine, and physical activity is, you know, extremely potent form of preventing poor health and treating poor health. So Christina works a lot. She has programs globally connected. In particular, the Hattrick program uses um, connecting sports organisations to middle-aged men with obesity, mental health issues, the way to increasing and deliberately doing physical activity programs that increase their activity and increase their health outcomes for middle-aged men. But she does that work with First Nation Australians, uh, young girls. She's doing projects working to improve physical activity there. Uh, she has a broad um, breadth of connections. She's, she's got work sponsored by a sanitarium, looking at you know community effectiveness of, um, I think it's the triathlon, triathlon through Wheat Picks. So Christina has a lot of work. She originally came out of 10,000 Steps program, which is globally renowned. Um, that was her initial training. And she's growing her team now where we can assess the efficacy of physical activity interventions or create our own interventions in partnership with the industry as well. And, and similar to ourselves partnering with sport, Christina has partnered a lot to do her work as well to increase the breadth of the reach of the physical activity interventions in improving health outcomes for many Australians, many people, but usually those are more disadvantaged or at higher risk is where she's worked. Wow, it sounds like, you know, the school has, has such a broad range of, of research. It's, it's very exciting. And so how has the school adapted their offerings to reflect the changing health needs of our communities? You know, the, the communities are just, as you said, sport is um, and exercise is medicine. But looking at the general Joe Blow or the non-athletes in the street, can you tell us a little bit about how the schools adapted their offerings to reflect these changing needs? We're introducing a new master's of clinical exercise physiology ready for release in 2024. As we know that, you know, activity, exercise is medicine. It is the best medicine. The trick is getting people to do it. Um, so we're, we're, we're going to develop a clinical exercise physiology program where we produce accredited exercise physiologists to work in the community to, to treat those with disease, a range of diseases, uh, mental health issues where exercise has been shown to have advantage and to have, you know, 
I suppose, a preventative effect and an improving effect. So we've just recently recruited actually um, really a high profile young researcher, Nicholas Hart, to, to lead our program. And one of the big focuses will be for a start is exercise and, and cancer. And, uh, and Nick, Nick has a really strong research program around using exercise to treat bone cancer in particular, but he, a, breadth of, a range of cancers. He already partners with and, and collaborates with people within our faculty and, and nationally as well. So we're about to recruit, uh, go on a recruitment program of a few more exercise physiologists, and we plan to build a really contemporary program that's really well connected into not only um, Sydney, but Australia in terms of offering solutions, not only to, to metropolitan Sydney, but also to regional Australia through you know, some of the, the way we're changing through telehealth and to make a difference through you know, exercises medicine. So that's our, our immediate plans. We're really excited by that. We, we've got a lot of interest from our own students. Um, they know that you know, it, it, exercise physiology, whilst a young profession, it's a fast-growing profession, and it makes a big difference to people's lives. So we're, we're very optimistic about how that's going to roll out in the next few years. That sounds absolutely fabulous. Can you remind us then on the, the courses that you currently have and what yeah. you'd say to, uh, to, to students or, or potential students listening who might want to come to UTS to be part of this exciting journey? We've got... Um, two major undergraduate degrees. Um, we've got the Bachelor of Sport and Exercise Science. Within that, we have a subcomponent of exercise therapy, which has a pathway into physiotherapy within the Graduate School of Health here at UTS. We also have a Bachelor of Sport and Exercise Management for those who are more interested in managing the experience, the events, the people around sport. So there are undergraduate programs, the, the Sport and Exercise Science, one with a focus in exercise therapy and also Sport and Exercise Management. And we've just we've developed a really successful um, online masters, the Masters of High Performance Sport, which has actually taken some of the learnings we've had over the last two decades and those success stories of embedding research. And we've taken the characteristics of the successful people who've come through those programs, embedded that in the curriculum of the Masters of High Performance Sport. So that's an 18-month online masters program with a large work in the great learning focus as well. And we're also going to offer in 2024 the Masters of Clinical Exercise Physiology. That's in addition to our research programs, which we've spoken about as well. So um, the PhDs and masters. So we've built that over a number of years. It's um, actually sit back and pretty proud of where it looks now. Right, We've got this nice big base of undergraduate students and we've got really good career pathways through our postgraduate training um, or research pathways within our school. So we're really happy, really lucky in location we're at. We're in a pretty good position at UTS. And so Aaron, I know that you've been uh, head of school now for about two years. Uh, how are you enjoying that? And how's that working for you? Are you enjoying the leadership role? Yeah, I love, I love it. You know, like I've loved every bit of being at UTS, to be honest, over the last 20 years. Um, and I actually like building and building teams, building people. And I suppose the most, originally when you start as an academic, right, you get a you publish a paper, that's pretty cool, right? But that's focused on yourself, right? That, that, to be honest, as you grow, there's like playing sport, building teams is the most rewarding thing. Winning premierships, it's never about your own performance, it's about the team. So I'll use that analogy, building a team within our school, we're building a team, we were originally quite small, we're developing at a, a pretty fast rate. I really enjoy building the careers of people, but also the programs and see those programs affecting the careers of the people who come through our school and remaining connected to our students, but through having great staff. Uh, it's super rewarding. It doesn't come without any challenges. Obviously, the last few years have been challenging for higher ed, but we've come out of we're coming pretty well as a school you know within the faculty and i'm really positive where we're going so if anybody listening is interested in sport and exercise science contact me we'll put you in contact with the right people and you come in and come and see how it really is at uts so today i've been speaking with distinguished professor aaron coots from the university of technology sydney 
Aaron, thank you so much for being my guest on Talking Health today and for sharing all the important work that you and your team at UTS are doing to improve the health and well-being of athletes and everyday people in our community. A bit of pleasure. Thanks, Deb. You've been listening to Talking Health by the University of Technology, Sydney, and you can find us at uts.edu.au.